Love Talk Radio. healings and guidance 
for all people listening live and on the recording, surrounding us with light, divine light from supreme beings, archangels, angels, spirit guides to work with us, through us, in us. And we ask this always for the highest good, and so it is. Take another big breath in and exhale away. Well, I am so excited to bring you the eighth and final episode of Health and Transformation. It has been a phenomenal two months, and I'm so glad that I did this series. To wrap it up, it couldn't be even better with a new found friend, Carrie Mitchell. I met Carrie Mitchell in November, and I met her personally in November. We are together in a business club, Biz Club, through Pamela Bruner, and it is a phenomenal club. If you want to take your business to the next level, I assure you, it is fantastic. And you can reach Pamela Bruner at Make Your Success Real. So I had the delight of meeting Carrie at our first retreat. And right off the bat, Carrie has an amazing energy. She is really bubbly, and she has just a great energy around her, and I can see how so many people can relate to her, and she can help so many different people. But with that bubbly energy, she comes with a journey of healing, and she's going to share that with you today. Carrie is a journalist. Carrie is a writer, and Unfortunately, when she came through her journey, she had some symptoms in 2005. She didn't expect life to go that way. Um, Following eight years of chronic pain and illness, and it taught her things about the physical, the emotional, and her spiritual health. She connected more and more to her spirit. She got more connected to her spirit, and she found her innate healing gift that she could help herself to heal the body and understand these physical symptoms and physical chronic pain. Her journey has taken her through many different people in her life and many different teachers. And she has really worked with so many people now about healing and helping physical pain. And we're going to get into that with the roots of physical pain and understanding and her gifts. So without further ado, I'm going to get Carrie on the line Hi, Carrie. Hi, Tina. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to be here, too. Sorry about the little technical difficulty. (laughs) No problem. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you great. Awesome. Perfect. Because at the very last minute, I had to pull out my headset and pull out my headphones and take a big breath. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before we even get into all the stuff we're going to talk about, and I know I have gotten... So many emails, by the way, since this morning and text messages. And it's so interesting because I never think of myself as a techie person. Clearly, that's what just happened with the microphone. But my e-blast went out and I got about three people that said, oh, I can't make it. When are you going to have this again? And they thought it was in person. And I was so glad to reach out to them and say, you can listen at the comfort of your home through your smartphone, iPhone, computer. And they were so happy to know that they're going to be able to listen to this again and again. They're working during the day. So, yeah, so it's been really a great feedback already. So, And thank you for sharing to your 
to your community as well that we're we're going to talk today. Um, So let's just kind of get right to it. I want to kind of start a little bit so some of the listeners get an idea and resonate with you about your health journey, whatever you would like to share to kind of bring you, I know there was a lot going on for you and what you'd like to share with everyone, like a personal journey. Cool. Thank you, Tina. Chronic illness is so complicated, and I don't suppose my story is terribly different from a lot of other people. For me, it started very subtly. I had been in the Peace Corps in Russia, and when I returned home to Montana in 2002, I noticed I just didn't have the stamina for hiking hiking that I'd had before I left. But, you know, I told myself I'd been living at basically sea level for the past couple of years, so that must be the problem. And then when my stamina continued to not come back, I started telling myself other stories, like I was getting old. I was 30 years old at the time. But anyway, the symptoms just kept increasing. Within six or so months, I started getting migraines. And then for several winters in a row, I would get a cold that would last all winter. And when I went to the doctor with these complaints, each thing was treated as if it was separate. Here's some pills for your migraines. Here's some pills for the cold, the flu that you get every winter. And this went on for years, like it does for a lot of people, until in the fall of really it was 2008 when I just hit a wall. I had already sold my business because I didn't have the energy I needed to run it anymore. But in 2008, I went down, and I really did not come back to life until about the middle of 2012. Those four-ish years, I was a zombie. I slept 14, 16 hours a day. And when I was awake, I basically stared out the window all day because I was too exhausted to think. The migraines had increased to where they were pretty much daily. And I was spending every ounce of energy I had researching what was going on with me. And it turned out that I was trying increasingly more, quote-unquote, fringe treatment. And eventually, I mean, we're looking at pretty much eight, nine years of increasing debilitation here. I was so worn down that I was finally willing to try energy work, which, you know, believe me, growing up in rural Montana, even after eight, nine years of pain, was not a super easy step to take. I am the first person to admit, yeah, that, you know, energy healing as a paradigm is pretty far out from, you know, what we all grew up with. But I was lucky, and I found a really skilled and wonderful energy healer who did fabulous work with me and introduced me to the concept of an emotional body and an energy body. And that was amazing. It was, it was a revelation to me. Um, but Let me just ask you one question. So yeah. I'm kind of just like piecing this up in my mind and just feeling, because I'm, you know, of course, can just feel that this, was so debilitating and taking you out of your life, like just really yeah. just took it back, you know, everything just kind of stopped. Were you, I guess the question is, is were you spiritual prior to this? Like, were you open to being, were you a spiritual person and connecting or even religious at some point where you were open to energy healing or like that type of work? Or was this like totally new? You were like, I'll try anything. I, started out very closed to um, anything other than, you know, pills, antibiotics, 
the whole Western paradigm. That was my beginning. And the idea of spiritual healing, energy healing, was um, repellent to me. I wanted nothing to do with it. So it really took me nine, eight, whatever it was, years to break down those defenses that I had against the whole notion of another way of healing that could actually be profoundly useful. Wow. Okay. So you had to break down that as well, like kind of break those walls down because it was like not something that it wasn't your go-to. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go get, yeah. you know, energy healing and Reiki and, you know, all the stuff that is so, right. seems so woohoo now. And for you is a uh, regular life to this day. <laughs> right. Now it's everything. Now it's, I do it all day long. It's just completely, I mean, it's my world. And yet it wasn't long ago that I was like, oh, hell no, you know, I'm not going there with a very stubborn um, perspective. So, I mean, for me, it took chronic illness to get me to the point where I could open up to what's ultimately my gift. Right, right, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it takes sometimes those really challenging, we always talk about, you know, spirituality, that in those bad, in those hard times, in those difficult times where things are just, you're at the bottom, you know, you're at those, you know, really tough times in your life, that's where the gifts come from. That's where we're able to connect, not everybody, but hopefully connect to you and say, you know, what is that? Connect to your spirit, connect to that life lesson to take you to the next step. And I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it must be almost like if that didn't happen, it wouldn't put you on the path of your dharma and your journey to serve and help yourself and others now. I mean, not that you ever want to go through that, I'm sure. Right. It's, you know, it's impossible to know what would have happened had I not got sick. But I know that the process of being sick for that long, I could I could watch it happening in myself over those years. Like, okay, I will try this, but nothing any crazier. You know, I, you know, I will try this thing. And then, you know, started with naturopathy, you know. And so I could see myself breaking down those barriers that I had to really what's unseen and what um, different. Um, and that's what it took for me. But I would love for other people to not have to get that low before they find both healing and, you know, their gift, their purpose in life. And that's kind of part of my, um, my desire with people is to help them before they're that broken down. I mean, that was hellish. It really was. So take us to a little present time and mm-hmm. talk to us. So many people, so many people. I I tend to be, you know, we're both healers in our own way, and I tend to find for me, and I guess the people that gravitate to me is a lot of emotional pain, right? But we know physical and emotional are all tied together. Um, and I just know so many people that suffer with bouts of physical pain. You know, some are chronic and so challenging and, like you said, can last years and there's not a lot of answers. Um, I have a good friend that battles daily with Lyme disease. Um, Mm -hmm. She doesn't live here, but my heart always goes out to her and she's always trying new, you know, she's a yoga teacher and a healer and so there's there's just so many people. So bring me a little bit to today and how you share your gift, your intuitive gift, and your 
you know, with other people to help them so that they don't have to, you know, hopefully get to that point. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the bridge for me was an applied kinesiologist, um, you know, it's a beautiful form of energy work and it's really potent. And she worked with me for a long time and helped me to find, you know, my own energy body. Um, and then at one point, she said to me, everything I'm seeing you here is emotional, and I don't really work that way, but you can feel this energy and you can do this yourself. So she basically pointed me towards some resources and let me go, which was a little terrifying, but she was right. And working with her, I had started to feel my energy body. I started to realize I could feel energy blockages, and so I started just intuitively working with myself, saying, okay, there's this that hurts and it's got this energy to it and I can help it move. And what I realized was that the really stubborn and recurring issues, the migraines and food intolerances and insomnia, they started to go away when I was able to release the core of these emotionally charged memories I'd always held. And, you know, again, this was not part of my worldview. I had been reading about this and I'd heard about it and I really wanted to believe it. But until I felt it, until those migraines started to go away and I could start eating normal food again, it was just talk and theory. But having that happen in my own body completely changed me. That was like the turning point. Um, and so out of all that, I realized that this stuff is really real. Like this emotional healing work can tackle some pretty big issues, Lyme disease, serious stuff. Um, and so the, this emotional energy healing work, even though it feels so subtle and, I don't know, maybe it takes a while, maybe it's really fast, depends on your perspective. Um, but it's, it's really real and that I had to share it. And so that's when I really dedicated my life to this. And so the way I understand this connection between emotional and physical starts with this principle that our bodies are self-healing works of art. Our body is in a constant state of breakdown and repair. You get a cut, your body immediately goes to work healing itself. So when we've got these chronic and recurring issues that won't heal and we're taking you know, relatively good care of ourselves, my question is why? What's getting in the way of the body's amazing self-repair mechanism so that it can't bring itself back into balance? And so what I've found in working on myself and others is that there's an emotional energy that is in the way. And I think the most useful way to start looking at this is to be able to see emotion as a form of energy that by definition designed to move out of the body. The Latin, emovere means moving out. Emotions are one of our spirit, our life force's mechanism for moving energy from inside of our body outside. And so I want to use a little example here. So let's say you whack your shin on that sharp corner of the bed frame. You know, <laughs> yeah. have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, many times. Yes, right. So going back to science class for a minute, you whack your shit on the bed frame and there's energy that comes into your body that wasn't there a second ago. The body is constantly seeking balance 
So now it needs to discharge an equivalent amount of energy to bring you back into stasis, right? So I don't know about you, but when I whack my shin on the bed frame, I swear, kind of a lot, and sometimes I cry. And maybe that's just me. But that swearing contains quite a lot of energy in the form of what we call anger and frustration and tears. Um, And so when we look at this energetically, we've got energy moving into the body in the form of that impact to the shin. And we've got energy moving out of the body in the form of that verbal expression and the tears. Is that amazing? I love that. I mean, I never, I never really thought of it like that. I mean, that's, pretty right. cool yeah I mean I never right. really you know I, I it's like almost like stubbing the toe too like how many times have you done that on a little pinky toe poor right. little pinky toe on a corner right. of a door frame but you're right uh-huh. it's like right. it's that expression of like you know curse words damn it whatever and um right. yeah totally yeah that emotional response to the impact, the whacking your shin, is immediate. We don't even have to think about it, and we're immediately moving energy out of our body. That's awesome. Hmm. And so, so, so the problem... So, we, let me, so, so this makes me, like, think, so that's a good thing, right? So you, like, had right. this impact, and it, it is painful, and mm-hmm. you swore, or you did whatever, mm-hmm. and so now right. you got it out, and you didn't think about it, it was unconscious, and you just kind of did it. But... Okay, so I kind of see where you're going with this. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. The, with the other deeper pain that's not from the bed frame, right? don't get it out right away. So that this is, right. this is really intriguing. So, when, yeah. yeah. Right. So problems when it's not culturally acceptable to move that energy out of us through the emotions and the tears and the swearing or that too much energy comes in for us to move out all at once. So like you're saying, in the case of whacking our shin, we can come back to stasis pretty quickly. We may have a bruise for a while or whatever, and the body will do its thing to heal that. But there are a lot of situations where we can't immediately discharge all the energy, and it stays inside of us, keeping us from regaining our balance and elevating our background stress level. So I want to use an illustration of this because it shows how we get the conversion from emotional distress Um, to physical. So let's say there's a situation where you cause an accident that sends another person to the hospital. That's more than anyone can process. No matter how much emotion comes up and out of you, there is still way more than you can process right away. So where does that excess go? It depends on the person. My stress goes to my gut. Some people hold stress in their shoulders. Some get headaches. Sometimes it seems completely random what starts to hurt after a trauma. And this is why seeing the body as a holistic whole rather than as separate parts is extremely helpful. A mentor of mine says that the only way that you get separate parts in a human body is with a scalpel. The body is a fully intercommunicating unit. So we've had this You've caused this accident. It sent another person to the hospital. What happens to that excess emotion, that excess energy that you can't process? One way I've heard this described is that our spirit, our life force, takes that bundle of energy that would be overwhelming to the body, all of those excess emotions, and wraps it up 
in a kind of insulation so that it's inert, so that it's no longer hemorrhaging pain, and it stores it in the body somewhere safe. And when I work on you, I see that as what I call an energy cyst. It's a mostly inert but impenetrable, usually pretty dense ball of stuck energy somewhere in your body. And most of I mean, the ancient traditions all consider a healthy system to be one in which energy, whether we call it chi or ki or prana, is flowing. Where energy is not flowing, the health of the system is compromised. So now you've got this ball of inert, impenetrable, dense energy of all these emotions and all this stuff that happens in you in response to this accident that's stuck somewhere in your body. And the way that turns into a chronic fatigue, chronic illness situation is that your life force is being used to hold that cyst. Part of your own life force has been diverted to insulate and hold this excess energy, which means that instead of having your life force energy free to digest your food or power your muscles on your hike, It's insulating you from the devastating emotions you don't have the capacity to process and release. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, it's like, I guess, just going back a few steps, I guess people that, you know, feel these issues, sometimes they don't know. Like, clearly they would know if it was a car accident, but they might not connect it, right? So they might be like, Oh, I got somebody, you know, someone, I was all shook up, right? You know, like I'm using a car accident example. And they Mm -hmm. were all shook up. And, but it doesn't, it may not happen right away or they don't connect it. So it must get them to a point where they can finally come to someone, obviously like you, that where it can be evaluated, they can kind of find that emotional, you can find the work that then needs to be released, right? Because at first there has to be, I guess, a step of them to, to know that something's wrong. So I guess, I mean, I guess that can happen very quickly with people. And obviously, like you said, everybody's going to, it's go, like you said, you for you, it would be in your gut. For me, it mm-hmm. might be my neck, you know, or shoulders or something. Right. Um, right. Okay. So first it has to be an awareness of it, or even not even awareness, but just know they're uncomfortable, they're in pain. And then, you know, you're able to kind of decipher, find that, I don't know, what, what would you yeah. say you, you kind of uh, find their, you know, find it and work mm-hmm. with them depends on an energy level to kind of right. remove this? Okay, gotcha. Right, yeah. So, you know, pain, one of the kind of taglines I've been working with all this time is that the pain just shows us where to begin. So we've got the pain in your neck or something. And so, you know, where if you were healthy, your prana would be flowing freely through your neck and there wouldn't be any pain, now you've got this energy just stored there and the energy can't move freely. And where the energy can't move freely, the health is compromised. So if it's in your neck, it's going to show up as physical pain probably. If that ball of energy gets stored in your gallbladder, you're more likely to end up with something like digestive distress. If it lands in your lungs, you're going to have trouble breathing maybe and so on. And here's the awesome thing about my work and the reason that I love it so very much. It's that we don't have to rupture the cyst to get the energy out of the body. We don't have to relive the full force of the trauma in order to release the emotional energy that's there. And to me, 
that is a beautiful and merciful thing. Right, because it also seems when you say it like that, and when I'm actually, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very visual person, so I kind of clairvoyantly see this this thing, you know, and right. uh, mm-hmm. I can like visualize this. And what, yeah. how you just said it sounds not as what's the word I want to use? It's it's not so catastrophic. It's like you can right. work with it, or you're working with it, and you're helping them, but you're not like going in there like gangbusters, like hey, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's subtle but very effective. Sounds like. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the reason this is all going on in you is that these this emotions, this much energy, would have been overwhelming to your system at the time, and it would probably be overwhelming to you if we opened it up and you felt every bit of it right now. Mm. And so that's why our body is continuing to protect us from it. Um, I've got an example of this that I I just love how clear it shows um, the way this whole thing works in a real real life. So a client came to me with what his doctors were calling peripheral neuropathy, pain and numbness down his left arm. Now, he's a guitar player, and so losing functionality in his left arm was really distressing for him. So I started working with him, and like you were saying, I could see... The, you know, visually, I could see that this was originating in his upper chest. So when I placed my hand on the spot where I could feel the energy blockage, he commented that that was where they had inserted the chemo port for his cancer treatment two years previously. He'd had the neuropathy ever since the chemo. Mm. What I felt in that part of his body can only be described as mountains of fear. Fear like I rarely see in anyone. And of course, right? I mean, we all know the potential that cancer has. The fear of that entire experience for him was overwhelming to his system. So his body wrapped it up and stored it in his tissues. And since his prana wasn't able to flow through that part of his shoulder freely, his physiology was affected. His arm went numb. So in my work, I just held that mountain of fear. And I witnessed it, and I held the intention for the highest good to occur. And after... Sometimes I felt that energy start to release. And then the next week, he was thrilled to come back and let me know that not only was his hand no longer going numb, but his leg had stopped going numb as well. And I never even got to his leg in that session. So while the energy blockage was where they had put the chemo port, this wasn't necessarily about the needle that had been inserted into his vena cava. This was the fear that he would die of cancer, which was way more than he could process alone. And the energy of that fear stored in his body created the physiological conditions of pain. Right. Because we know, I mean, uh, you know, I talked briefly about fear around changes and releasing things, right? So even when we mm-hmm. talk about the full moon Monday, all that right. comes with release is fear, right? A lot of people that yeah. know that they need to release something or want to release something, well, now it's bringing up fear. And fear can be, you know, feel like there's a big lion in front of you, you know, like you're right. running from a lion, you know, can actually feel like that. And fear mm-hmm. is really one of the biggest things. You know, I love that thing they say about fear, right, F-E-A-R. Um, oh, gosh, am I going to even remember it now? Is is um, Oh, it'll come back to me. But it's, it's okay. about, oh, false, I know what it is now, false experiencing appearing real. So a lot of times, uh. you know, we – 
right? So it's like this manifestation. I mean, sometimes there's truly, everyone has fear in their own way. But for the most part, we manifest, manifest fear to such a bigger, bigger level. It's almost like the worry thing, right? So you worry, but half the things you worry about, or I think it's even less than that, ever come true. And it's the same thing with fear, right? False expectations right. appearing real. So, but for this gentleman that you're speaking about, that fear was so much bigger than the insertion of the needle and what he went through chemo because it was fear of 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 death, right? So there, All that, yeah. fear of death is probably one of the biggest things that people are afraid of. Um, pretty amazing. So he felt mm-hmm. he felt pretty good after the first session, and then he was experiencing even some more healing in other parts of the body. This particular yeah. uh, client, nice. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, my my understanding in doing this work is that that trauma energy needs to be moved out of the body. And my spiritual belief around this is that the emotion, the emotional energy wants to be seen and felt. And not 100%, not even by me in a session. You know, I saw a lot of fear in that energy system in his body, but not by any stretch. The fullness of the fear that his body was protecting him from. And the beautiful thing is I never even told him about the fear that I saw because mm. that level of cognitive and emotional processing, it wasn't necessary in order for that fist to come out of his body and him to feel better. And that, again, I mean, that is so friggin' merciful. That's why I love this work. Mm. So tell me, I mean, a lot of people are listening to this show today or will be listening again and again on recording, on podcast, and they're not maybe in your vicinity and in your area and so what, what, you know, maybe you can give some tips or anything you want to share with them about, you know, they're experiencing this pain. They have maybe chronic pain, maybe Lyme's disease, maybe, you know, chronic fatigue. Um, there's so many. Um, autoimmune diseases, I feel like, are always popping up. Um, what can you share with the listeners that can help and catalyze their own healing? Cool. Well, first thing I want to share is that I do a lot of remote work. I actually have more clients via Skype and phone than I have in person. Um, And, you know, once you get into the quantum physics of energy, distance doesn't make any difference. So that's a very cool thing. But for yourself, if you are in this position where you've got some kind of chronic condition and the, the things you're trying are not having an impact and they're not working, if you can start from the perspective that it's energy that needs to be moved out of the body and that witnessing it can be a powerful catalyst for helping it move, then anything you can do to see it without getting overwhelmed by it helps. And that's tricky. That's a little bit like walking a, high, a tight wire, a tightrope, high wire. <laughs> so there are some techniques that I use with every client in practically every session. One of them is See if you can visualize the pain. And this requires a little bit of creativity and a willingness to be different, to see it differently. But see if you can visualize this pain in, you know, your shoulder or whatever. What does the pain, the energy of the pain look like? Does it have a shape, a texture? How big is it? Can you reach your hand out and touch the edges of it? This has you interacting with the energy of the pain in Um, either the visual cortex or the frontal cortex of your brain. So it brings you out of the limbic brain, the feeling brain, and into 
a part of your brain that gives you more distance from it emotionally. So it's less overwhelming. You don't need to feel this energy with your emotional body so much as witness it. Like I was saying with this client with the peripheral neuropathy, I just held in my awareness that mountain of pain. And there is, there is magic in the witnessing of, well, really anything, witnessing of pain and trauma that allows it to let go and to release. So the visualization bringing you out of your limbic brain is a really powerful tool for um, allowing yourself to acknowledge and see the pain without getting overwhelmed by it because that's really the most important part. It's so hard to do your own healing when you're overwhelmed by your own pain. It's nearly right. impossible. So becoming the way... Yeah, so right. if, yeah, sorry. Just So I always think about as a yoga teacher, we talk about you know, being the witness to our practice, right? So any, you know, this is obviously another practice, spiritual practice. So when you're the witness, there's no judgment. You're able to see it. It's almost like stepping outside of yourself. Sometimes I work with students and they, you know, here you are and imagine you're right outside of yourself and acknowledge and be aware of of that person, that physical, that body. Um, So kind of just being a witness to that, but not judging. And then you're able to really find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and really, it's interesting what you see, even if it feels like you're just imagining. Just like if you see it as this ball of red flame, go with that. Allow yourself to see the ball of red flame and watch the ball of red flame until it changes. Even if it's, I mean, it does, I know, it feels like you're playing games with yourself and it feels like you're, you know, kidding yourself, but there's power to it. There's power to witnessing it and asking for an image. Like, what is this? What does it look like? What's its texture? And as you hold your awareness on it, it will change. It does change. That's the way this thing works. It, every time, it amazes me. Wow. So there are a couple other um, points, you know, things that you can kind of hang on to as you're trying to work with this yourself. Um, depending on the intensity of the pain and your willingness to be a little bit nutty, you can try to talk to the pain. It's like, what does it want? Ask the pain. What do you want? Who are you? Whose energy are you? We all carry a lot of pain and that is not our own. We can ask it, how old are you? How old is this pain? And, you know, something will come up. Maybe a memory from when you were six will come up and it'll be like, oh, I totally forgot about that. I didn't, how can that still be hurting? Hang on to it. Just hang on to the energy of it. It will change as you hold it with awareness. And so as much as you can, turn toward the pain rather than away from it. We mostly close the door on pain. We numb it with, you know, painkillers or drugs or avoidance or whatever because it it sucks. But if mm-hmm. we can turn toward it with curiosity, then it gives it room to breathe and move and leave ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then the most important principle that I you know, we'll say a zillion times from now till my deathbed is support, compassion, not fight, no judgment. Anytime you can replace fighting with supporting, you're giving your body a better chance to heal. Amazing. Great. So such good points. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners to just kind of help themselves um, 
catalyze their own healing and have some steps to do that. Can you share with um, the listeners, Carrie, how to reach you? Um, so yes. um, I know some of you are, are jumping in and out of my switchboard, and some of you will be listening later on the recording. So if you could just let them know either a phone number or email that they can reach you regarding uh, treatment through Skype and through um, through the airwaves, I guess, through phone line, if yes. they're not available yes. in your town. Great. Well, I'm, I've got a special offer that I'm putting out just for your listeners, and it's a tool I really love working with. I call it my pain freedom map, and it's just a set of simple questions and quick visualizations, and it helps shed light on what are usually some really unexpected sources of both your pain and your resistance to full healing. And so if you're interested in that or any of anything else I've said here, drop me an email at carrie at strawberrylaughter.com. So that's K-A-R-I at strawberrylaughter.com. And say you want the pain freedom map. I'll send it to you. You'll fill it out. And then we'll put, set up a time to get together and go over the results to help you get super clear on what those results mean for your healing and how you can move forward. So that would really be, um, you know, for me, ideal because it gives you tools to move forward and however, you know, however you want to, but it helps you get clear. That's so again, that's Carrie, K-A-R-I at strawberrylaughter.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing that offer with everyone. I know there are probably a lot of people just reaching out to that. I think it's awesome to um, to do the pain free map and help people to uncover the roots of their own pain and obviously reach out to you. Um, anything else you want to share? Can you believe we're down to three minutes? It's going really fast. <laughs> that went so fast. I was yeah, going to no, go. I, I know. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've had so many amazing guests in this series, and I'm honored to be among them, and I'm just really, really thrilled to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's been great. And you know what? I'm so glad that I get to wrap it up with you, and I will see you in person again in March. I'm looking forward to that. Um, So, again, reach out to Carrie, Carrie at strawberrylaughter.com, and she would love to share with you the uh, pain freedom map. So thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners. Um, and thank you, Carrie, for all the work that you do and for your your committed um, your committed essence to service for other people and just sharing your healing. So it's it's just a beautiful thing to share your light. So thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate you. Great. Well, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Mm-hmm. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fantastic. I, I can't believe always I say this. I know I do. The show goes way too fast. Um, but it is phenomenal. There was so much information there. So please go back and listen again if you missed it. If you listen live, go back and listen again. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal thoughts here. And really this perspective of being the witness. Feel free to reach out to Carrie if you're not in her in her area. And again, she does work through through the Skype and through phone and healing that way as well. So you're not left out. Um, Just want to give you a little bit of what's coming up in the future. So I am now starting and kicking off my next series. And my next series is going to be the two months. It will be March and April. And it's going to be women entrepreneurs. Sorry, guys, women entrepreneurs. But I'll get around to the guys at some point. So women entrepreneurs are going to kick off next Wednesday, 
Um, I'm not sure who I'm going to have. It may be me. We're kind of just figuring out a schedule. I have so many people I want to bring on for the eight weeks. So stay tuned for Women Entrepreneurs. And find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter at T. Conroy Oga. And find me on Instagram. Find me on social media. Find me. I would love to be able to be part of your day-to-day. Also, subscribe to iTunes Podcast, and you can listen to all my shows at any time. Thank you for listening. Have a phenomenal day.